Welcome to episode 5 of After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright, in today's episode, I said I want to kind of do more like lists and like some of the stuff we do on Break It Down instead of like, um, doing like all just the sports news. I want to kind of do like some, I'm going to do something today where I, some NBA trades that have happened in the past, like a year, maybe a few years ago and discuss who I think won the trade and some of the details of the trade and, um, yeah, my whole thought on the trade. So it's just kind of switching it up a little because I want it to be a mix of the sports news right now and then just do some like l- like lists and not exactly do all the action that just happened and the hottest news, but switch it up a little. And I think it- this will be fun and for a change and I want to keep it a mix. So this will be fun. All right. So the trade I'm going to start out with is the Jimmy Butler trade to the... um. Timberwolves from Chicago. So this is the first Jimmy Butler trade, not the one to the 76ers, but this is the one where um, the Chicago Bulls traded Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven overall pick who turned into none other than Lowry Markkinen. So first of all, um, who do I think won this trade? I think the Minnesota Timberwolves won the um not the Minnesota Timberwolves, sorry. The Chicago Bulls won this trade. It's tricking you. Um and this had potential for the Timberwolves. Um Dunn was kind of looking kind of a little bit like a bust, and Levine was having a good year until he got hurt. And then the number seven overall pick was kind of unknown. But Levine had a very good year. He was coming off an injury. Dunn was looking a little bit like a bust and wasn't really a great fit with the Timberwolves. And then the number seven overall pick. At the time, fans were kind of like... Some people doubted and thought the Bulls just didn't get a ton back for Jimmy Butler. They just thought, you know, obviously for those negative fans out there, thought they were getting a bust a number seven overall pick that has a 20% chance, 25, 20% chance to become a starter, and a Zach Levine that would never return very, uh, never return as the same player from his injury. That's what a negative fan would have thought, and at first I thought, you know what, I think the Timberwolves might have slightly won this trade. Um, but now in the past few years, we've seen that the Timberwolves this failed. They were barely a playoff team, and when they made to the playoffs, they couldn't even move past the first round, and Jimmy Butler requested a trade. Zach Levine has turned into an um, athletic freak and a future all-star. Chris Dunn has been an average at best point guard so far, but he's still young, and Lowry Markkinen looks like a future all-star as well. For Jimmy Butler, who requested a trade, and they got guys like Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and some... That was pretty much it, actually. I was going to say some picks, but I realized they didn't even get any of those either. They got some, like second-round picks, I believe, but I don't have that right in front of me, but you get the point. Timberwolves, it just didn't work out with Jimmy Butler. The time it looked like the right move, but it didn't end up that way. Um, You know... Honestly, at the time, as I've said it, did, was this a horrible trade for the Timberwolves? No. Was it a horrible trade for the Bulls? No. I think overall, if you were really, if you weren't like really optimistic or really negative, pessimistic, 
you were like, all right, this is this is pretty even. And you thought, all right, the Timberwolves are real contenders. And I think the, the Bulls got some solid pieces, but I'm not really sure. You know, I think a lot of people did think the Timberwolves won this at first, but obviously now that we look at it, um, the Bulls got some huge pieces in their future. Um, Levine and Markinen are their two best players right now. And Dunn... Dunn, as I said, has been, like, average at best. I don't even know if he's been average. He's been a little under average to average. But they're all young. So I think Markkinen's a future all-star. Levine's a future all-star. Dunn will be a average, a little over average point guard. He'll be solid. For Butler, who didn't even want to be there. So I think overall, this was a great trade for Chicago. The Timberwolves didn't think they were giving up this much. They didn't think Levine... They knew Levine was turning into a good player. They didn't think he'd end up being this good. They didn't know Dunn would even end up being really an average point guard. They thought this guy was kind of a bust. They thought at best in his career, in his prime, he'll be at best an average point guard. But he's already turning into an average point guard at, like, age 24. In the number seven pick, they didn't think it'd be someone as good as Lowry Martin. And at first, when the Bulls made the Lowry Markinen pick, I was just like, Oh, that's a good pick, because I thought Markin was going to be a good player. I had high hopes for him, and he's still you know, proving us that he's been good. I think we all look at Markin as a stretch four, but I watched like the Celtics game last night, and they faced the Bulls, and Markin could put it on the ground and take it to the rack a little bit. And He's an underrated ball handler and inside score for sure. But overall, I look at this trade, and um, – yeah, my assessment on this is the t- um, the Chicago Bulls won. I think most people agree with me on that as well. So, yeah. Also, um, before I forget, um, I'm going to grade these trades. Like, actually give the um, um, trades. So, for the Bulls, I'm going to give them an uh, A. You know, you could easily give them an A-plus for this. So, like, an A or an A-plus. Um, because I feel like they really maximized the assets that they got back. You know, at first you grade this like a B plus, B type of move, but since assets have kind of got to the max, I'd say you give them like an A and a, or an A plus here for the Timberwolves, considering what they gave up. You probably have to give them like a C or a C plus here because, um, you know, it just didn't work out. The assets were way better that they gave up than they thought they would be, and Jimmy Butler just didn't work out as well as they thought. So that's my grade for that trade, yeah. All right, the next trade I'm going to talk about is the Chris Paul trade um, between the Clippers and the Rockets, where um, the Houston Rockets got Chris Paul and the Clippers got Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Montrezl Harrell, DeAndre Liggins, Darren Hiller, Hill, Hilliard, Lou Williams, Kyle Wiltger, a first-round pick in cash. Excuse me, consideration. So the Rockets get just Chris Paul, and they give up a list of players, pick, and some cash. Um, this is a pretty even trade. Um, I mean, the Clippers get Patrick Beverly, hasn't really done much. Sam Decker's not even on the team anymore. Um, DeAndre Liggins, um, yeah, exactly, uh, don't know, uh, Darren, Darren Hilliard, same thing as Liggins, uh, Lou Williams, Kyle Wilter, and Montrezl Harrell, 
along with the first round pick cash consideration. So the big parts of this trade are the cash. You get a little bit of cash. The first round pick, Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell. Um, Decker's not on the team. Um, and Patrick Beverly, I guess, brings a little bit of leadership. But um, Lou Williams has been their star player for the past few years. You could argue this year is Tobias Harris still traded him, and now Lou Williams is the star again. Overall, for this trade, it's pretty even. I will say it's pretty even, I think, because the Clippers get Williams and Harrell, along with the pick and cash, and then Beverly, Decker, and then three other guys that no one knows. And then the Rockets get Chris Paul. I feel like Chris Paul's been a little underwhelming with the Rockets just due to injury. Um, But overall, I think this is a pretty even trade. I do think for the Clippers, one thing they could have done a better job of is maybe try to get something better than, like, Patrick Beverly, because Beverly never worked out, like, Decker, like, take out, like, or at least try to choose, like, better unknown players, because, like, none of them really worked out except for Harold and Williams, like, you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, I know it was uh, just an act to try to balance the cap and get the deal done, but they just got a lot of just garbage. They got, a, you know, a few valuable things, but then there's just a ton of garbage with it. You know, just unneeded, like, things that just filled up their roster with just, you know, deep bench players or players that will never even see the court. So that was my problem with the Clippers. But overall, if I'm going to grade each team, this is actually a really hard um to trade. I feel like Harrell's a nice young big man that just doesn't get enough credit, and Williams has had a good career. If I'm gonna... It's so hard to grade, because it's not that there's an unknown, like, oh, we don't know yet what this pick's gonna be, or this, you know, what Harrell's gonna turn out to be. It's just... I don't... I, I just don't really know. You know? It's just... It's hard to really assess. Uh, you know, really, truly. Um... So, at the end of the day, I think for the Rockets, I'm going to give them a B-plus here. Because I do think, even though they did give up some big pieces like Williams and Harrell, it was time to move on and really get that star. So, I feel like they did a solid job getting Chris Paul. And I feel like, you know, despite injuries, Paul's still been a solid player. And I've said it, like, Paul's not all-star caliber anymore, but he's still, you know... If he if he's on the court and healthy for a good stretch of time, maybe he's not all star, you know, good, but he's somewhat all star caliber. Just overall in the whole year, he isn't due to injury. And for the Clippers here, I'm gonna give them a B plus as well. Uh, you know, because I, I do think it was pretty even. I don't really think any team won here. It was kind of pretty even because I think for the Clippers. Even though they got a lot of garbage, and I wasn't really a huge fan of that, it was just a balance of salary. And they still got a pick, some cash, and Lou Williams and Montreal Harrell. So overall, I think this is a pretty even trade. I think the Clippers could have done a better job trying to get a little better garbage. Like, try to um, choose, like, a better unknown player. Um, but... Overall, I thought it was a pretty even trade because they still got guys like Lou Williams, Montezal Harrell. I, I've already said it uh, like a gazillion times. Uh, you guys are like, oh, God, I get the point. Um, sorry. But that's my assessment. I think this was a pretty even trade. And since the last two were kind of one-sided, this one kind of even if I – all right, you guys are probably just like pick a winner. If I had to pick someone to win this trade – 
I'm going to go with the Rockets. I think if I really had to pick someone who won the trade, it's the Rockets. But the Clippers didn't do bad. But I think the Rockets, if I had to pick a winner, won this trade. But it's pretty even. I don't think any team did horrible here. Um, nor did they do fantastic. But it's pretty even. So, yeah, that's my assessment on that trade. And a little more even than the um, past, um, past uh, few that I've done. So, yeah. Sorry, I just realized I uh, only did one trade before the Chris Paul um, trade that I talked about. So I hear you yelling um, at, through your screens at me that I've only done one trade, not um, two. I don't know why I thought I did two, but um, on to the next trade anyway. All right, the next trade is kind of an underrated one, um, to say the least. Um the Avery Bradley trade to the Pistons, where the Celtics gave up Avery Bradley in a 2019 second-round pick that hasn't been used yet. So, you know, it's hard to assess, but let's just assume the second-round pick doesn't end up being, you know, too big for Marcus Morris. At first, people thought um, this was a steal for the uh, for the um, Pistons because they got the better player plus a second-round pick, who, yes, Avery Bradley was going to be like a one-year rental and he's going to want big money, but they just got a second-round pick in Avery Bradley for Marcus Morris. They And for the Celtics, this was just a clear cap space. But it ended up being not only did they clear cap space, Morris has been good. And, yes, maybe Avery Bradley would have stayed and still been good, but overall the Celtics won this trade, and it's a trade that no one talks about because at the time they are like, oh, the Pistons won this trade, and then once the regular season came, people forgot about it and never talked about it again. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, Marcus Morris in the past few years has been much better than Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley... I think if he stayed in Boston, still would have been good just because he's a good fit in Boston once he went to Detroit, the Clippers, now he's in Memphis, and he's never really been that great since. Um, the biggest highlight he has in Detroit is him missing the wide-open dunk. Yeah, that's when, you know, you didn't have a ton of success with the team. So what was looked at to be a salary dump for the Celtics ended up not only being a salary dump, but they got the better player. And, yeah, people argue, well, Avery Bradley's a better defender, and if he stayed in Boston – He'd still be good, but they dump salary at the same time, which means the Celtics won the trade. For the Celtics, I'm going to give them an A here just because it's hard to give them an A plus because it's not really a huge trade. You know, I, I'm not like, oh, A plus this trade really, you know, but I'm going to give them an A here just because, um, you know, it's not like they got like a all star out of it. But Marcus Morris has been solid, so I'm going to give him an A. For the Pistons, though, I'm going to give him a C. Um, I don't think Marcus Morris was a great fit with the Pistons anyway, but they didn't give him enough of a chance to really turn things around, and Avery Bradley just really didn't work out, and he was a big disappointment. And I don't know, I guess it says a lot about Boston, because I think Avery Bradley would still be a solid player if he was in Boston. I don't think Morris would be as, as good if he stayed in Detroit. But again, that second-round pick, if it ends up being a good player, maybe <laughs> this changes. But... Overall, I think it's pretty clear the winner is. The reason I wanted to talk about this trade, even though it's a clear winner, is um, it's just so overlooked. People forget about it. People just thought, oh, this was a great trade for the Pistons, but the Celtics dumped a little salary, but the Pistons won. And then they just totally forgot about this trade. So I wanted to bring it back up and dig it out of the dirt again and 
talk about it. And so Danny Ainge, whenever he makes a trade with you, the GMs have to understand. He's not trying to just make a trade. He's trying to rob you. And he did exactly that here. You think, oh, he's just trying to do a little salary dump because Avery Bradley's getting a lot of big bucks. Not only did he do that, he just stole Marcus Morris from me. He's just like, yeah, they they won't value Marcus Morris too much. We'll throw in Avery Bradley and a second. And then they're just like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, fine. And then they didn't really realize how much, uh, you know, but I don't know if that's just Danny Ainge tries to rob you, but I think it also helps that he's in a place like Boston where it seems like almost every player that comes in here uh, gets better, you know, than they were the last place that they were, um, at least. So I think it says a lot um, about Danny Ainge, just a small trade like that and how big he really won it. So, um yeah, that's my assessment on that trade. You're probably wondering why am I talking about that. But, I mean, it's overlooked. I think it really is. And it's just an example of how Danny Ainge really pays attention to detail and is looking to rob you at any second he can. I feel like every trade he's made, if I could go back and look, every single trade he's won. And it's ridiculous. And that's why, you know, the Pelicans with Anthony Davis have to be a little um, scared right now. Um making a trade um, with the Celtics because of that reason um, that he, he robs every team he makes a trade with every time. All right, now I'm going to talk about the Drew Holiday, Nerlens Noel swap um, between the 76ers and the Pelicans. Uh, as many people know, Drew Holiday um, used to be in Philadelphia, and this trade deadline, there actually talks about the um, 76ers uh, potentially trading some of their assets away to acquire Drew Holiday again, but eventually they went after Tobias Harris instead. But um, this was back a few years ago when the um, um, the excuse me the 76ers and Pelicans traded Drew Holiday in a first. That's what Philadelphia gave to New Orleans. New Orleans gave up Nerlens Noel. Uh, the first round pick was from 2014, so this pick is a a little older than some of the other trades. Um, New Orleans won this one. I know there haven't been a ton of close trades that I'm talked about. I'm sorry, but I just found this one so intriguing because people talked about how Sam Hinkie did a great job rebuilding this team. This was a flaw. A lot of people looked at this as a great trade. For Sam Hinkie and the Sixers, this team's trying to rebuild, and they just gave up Drew Holiday in a first. For Nerlens Noel, wow. So far, Noel's been disappointing. He's battled with injuries, and despite the fact that he's been a great rim protector, overall he's lacked offensive talent, and he's gone through multiple injuries. Um, Nerlens Noel went to the Sixers, then he went to Dallas, and now he is in Oklahoma City, and... He's been all over the place in his young career, and he just battles with a lot of injuries, not a great offensive player, but he's got some defensive talent, uh, Nerlens Noel does. But this was kind of a steal for the Pelicans, and as much as people say, well, the Pelicans have never really been great, they got one of the best two-way guards in the league, and this, plus the first-round pick. Um, um, back, I just want to credit uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. He... um. Was the first one to report this trade. So it was reported by Woj. It was a Wo- another Woj bomb back in 2013. Um, so you know, just want to credit my source. But um, anyway, getting back down to business. Um, 
this was clear-cut won by the Pelicans. Uh, at the time, though, it looked like Sam Hinkie made another masterful move. But this was a flaw in the process because Noel just never worked out. What if, though, that's a good what if. What if the Sixers traded that 2014 pick in Drew Holiday for someone else? You know, that's like a good um, what if. Because if they imagine the process plus that trade worked out, they'd be even better right now than they are um, already. So I think that would be like a, a cool what if. And I just wanted to bring that trade up because it just was so like intriguing. And I just didn't want people to forget because I feel like as much as people know Drew Holiday used to be in Philly, I feel like people forget that Nerlens Noel used to be in New Orleans. And that's just an, like an interesting trade. like Because especially I like those trades where I've done some of these trades and like the Timberwolves trade with Jimmy Butler. People thought the Timberwolves stole Jimmy Butler. People thought the Sixers stole Nerlens Noel, not knowing that Nerlens Noel would be a... Somewhat of a bust, you could say. Despite still, again, as I said, good defensive talent. It's just been offense. His la- his offense has lacked, and overall just injuries have kind of held him back. A great trade for the Pelicans. I'm going to give them an A, and I'm going to give the... I'm going to give the Sixers here a um, C. Um... Just because this trade was just horrible. I, C minus, maybe. You can give him a D plus, whatever. Um, I, you know, the C's generous. Uh, C minus. C minus, a D plus. Because um, Noel was still solid, at least, but not, not Drew Holiday in the first. No, it was still horrible. What am I saying? It was horrible. Uh, clear cut. The the Pelicans won this, uh, this deal. Um, but... So for people to think that this was a good trade at the time just shows you never know. That was a, like as much as a lot of these trades weren't really that close, and you're like, why? Why are you talking about some of these trades? I feel like I just wanted to prove the point that sometimes we're all like, oh, this is a steal. That's a great trade, and then it totally flips. It turns out the other side was correct. The side that seemed to be getting ripped off, and that happened three or four of these trades. Kind of prove that. The Chris Paul trade, not not exactly. But all the rest of them. Even that one, a few people thought the Rockets got a pretty... But I'm talking like people thought the Jimmy Butler trade was robbery for the T-Wolves. The Marcus Morris trade, for the people actually kind of paid attention to that trade at the time, thought that was a steal for the Pistons. And people thought this was a steal for the Sixers. They were wrong. And it's going to happen. Sometimes we're all right. And it's clear cut. Oh, yeah. We were right, and we look ahead a few years in the future, and it turns out we were correct. But sometimes we're incorrect, and that's kind of what was being resembled in some of the trades I talked about today. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to switch it up a little and not always just talk about the um, hottest news in sports. So I switched it up by grading some other trades. So I want to start doing more stuff like this, maybe not exactly this topic, but... Some other kind of lists, if you get what I'm trying to go at here. But I hope you guys enjoy. It's a little different. And I want to kind of keep it, um, you know, balanced and keep mixing in different kind of stuff and content in there. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, thank you, as always. See you uh, next time.